that's that. We are we have begun another episode of the Eric Anders Lang Show. Uh, Jeffrey, how are you today? I'm uh, I'm reasonably well. How are you? You you seem relaxed and you seem like you fit into Canyon life. <laughs> well, considering the, the time it takes to drive up here, I think I, I was losing the will to live about halfway up, and then I hit construction, and then I just gave up. The construction's crazy. Yeah. I can't handle. I feel like there was a there was a sparklet. Sp- Massive truck that was backing up between uh, uh, a, a, a two thousand foot cliff and but, and uh, you know some. Did you come over from? Uh, did, hang on a second. Okay, now we're back. I had a problem with the audio there. All right, all right. Um, it's probably me. No, it's not you. You're good. So anyway, Jeffrey, when people ask what you do, how do you describe that to them? <laughs> I say I'm an actor, and then they say, "What have I seen you in?" And I say. <laughs> I have no idea. (laughs) The list is insanely long. I don't even know where to start. That's what really is my issue. I've been doing it for 33 years professionally. Right. And you're, how old are you? You're not, you're like... I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 33. So is it, you know... (laughs) (laughs) And you're born, let me fix your mic. Maybe that's better. There we go. Uh, You were born in New Jersey. I was. So was I. Were you where? Yeah, Madison. Madison. I was farther north. Okay. Ridgewood. I was born in Ridgewood. We did a lot of, uh, I was really into uh, mountain bike racing as a kid. And so we would do that all there. Where, in Ridgewood? Yeah. They had like a, did like a outdoor. A course or something? Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, you, uh, you come out to LA Mm -hmm. and you hit it big. Well, I wouldn't say it was an overnight. It was kind of like a, you know, 33 year overnight success. I've heard (laughs) that, that they say overnight success takes 10 years. Or more. How long did it take for you? Until what? Until you could basically sit down and be like, huh, I did okay. Um, let's see. I started in 86. So um, I want to say mid-90s is when I, well, early 90s, I, I stopped having to take other work. Right. And I've been making a living at this, solely at this. What was the other work you were taking? Oh, when I was in New York, we were all doing whatever it takes, you know. Like handyman? Uh, catering, you know, right. whatever. Um, but I was working a lot in the theater there, which, you, you know, you're not making money, but you're making enough. Right. I mean, I once took a pay cut from unemployment to get the lead in a play down at CSC in New York. Amazing. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the time, what is unemployment paying you? Uh, I believe it was $210 a week, and I got the job at 190 Okay. Which, you know, 20 bucks a week is something when you're living on rice and beans. Yeah, that's that's like a month of food. Exactly. A month of dehydrated exactly. beans. Exactly. Um, I'm going to shut the window. Hang on. Yeah. So we're just talking about, the mics sound different, everybody. I don't know if the people in the car or at home can notice, but Jeffrey was saying he has the ability to do something... I, I can I can turn on a reverb inside my head or not it it whatever's needed. That's uh that do you charge extra for that? Yes yes yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I don't know what's going on I'm, I'm hearing insane reverb maybe well I'm just gonna drop it. Okay. I'm just gonna let it go. Okay. What um so so you're in New York mm-hmm. at this point are you into golf already? No no there's I, I live in New York you can't. You know, I had no money. I'm not going to golf. Right. Plus, it's a long way to get there, and I have no car. It's you know, it's not it's not happening. And you've got to rehearse for the play. Got to rehearse for other plays and and whatnot. Um, 
And I, I was going back and forth between here and there for a number of years. And when I would come out here, I'd go to Roosevelt and just shoot nine. You know, total, taught myself, was terrible, you know. Roosevelt uh, is the course where I learned how to play golf. It's a great, great, great little nine hole. And for those of you that don't live in L.A., Roosevelt is, yeah, it's a nine hole track. It kind of, why, describe Roosevelt to those who don't live in L.A. You'll do a better job than me. It's an executive nine, so there's mostly short par fours. Um, but it's the most beautiful setting right up, um, across from the Greek theater. The views range from downtown and on the eighth tee, you have the observatory framed right on top of the hill. Um, it's just beautiful. I mean, thank God they didn't develop this and put, you know, because it, 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 whoever could do that would make a lot of money, but it's just a pristine and it's a very slow round because people that don't know how to play go up there. Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You're th- saying, saying that it's not developed is kind of an interesting thing you don't think about. I mean, it is such a beautiful piece of land. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope they never touch it. it w- apparently, it borders Kirstie Alley's house. In yes. Los yes, I believe. Well, I'm not going to say. <laughs> the oomph hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and I remember it was just such a wonderful... It, 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 it kind of, for me, has that place of going back to New Jersey, right? When I go there. Yeah, it's really laid back. Um, we always had a good time there. So you go, so, but yeah, it's, it seems, I'm just, I'm, you know, you look different than you do in the photos. Okay. Did you get that? Um, or do you, I don't well, know. I've, I, I've had a beard now for about a year cause I've, um, I needed it for, we did the second season of Big Little Lies and I had a beard and long hair for that. And then I kept it for Nashville and I right. kept it. Um, <laughs> you look like you're in Nashville right now. Yes. And has this always yes. been your style? <coughs> um, I don't like having short hair and, and, and clean shaven, but I seem to be that way most of my career because... Yeah. Yeah. So that's not actually you. No, this is more me. That's so cool. So yeah. we, we have a lot in common there. Like I, I couldn't... I don't even know what I would do if someone said, oh, you need to cut your hair. You need to cut it really short and look very conservative and be a politician and shave. And, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so you've got your, you, um, it's a, Max here is it part two of the dogs. Hello, Max. You're a ferocious beast, Max. He really is. He's a, he is a, he's a puppy and Snowball is a grumpy old man. And you and I are somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Max, give him some space. We're trying to focus Max. here. Max. Give, Max, go. I'm fine. Don't go worry about guard it. Guard the door. Um, so anyway, so you, but to give people at home an idea of who would you say you look most like right now? Who do I look most like? Yeah. yeah. If someone was squinting, they would be like, oh, that's, um, George Clooney, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking Willie Nelson. Okay. (laughs) There's a little Willie Nelson going on. No, I mean, it's like somewhere between Brad Pitt and George Clooney. I get it all the time. Yeah. I guess people just literally getting totally confused yeah i can't tell yeah. which one you are yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean li- li- that's kind of an interesting thing because you know you're you're talking about being in a play in new york and then you're talking about you know wanting to have a beard and long hair how does golf fit how do you get to golf that seems like a doesn't connect for me well actors either have nothing but time or they have no time at all so there's this there's this kind of perverse pride that takes place when your game is really bad. It's like, yeah, 
just working too much, you know, just having that time to golf, you know. But I hear your game is really good right now. <laughs> that is really funny, yeah. I've heard that a lot, actually, from people. I, uh, for, the, uh, for the first time in 33 years doing this, uh, just this past August, I had 12 consecutive months of, of working. And so I probably squeezed six rounds of golf in there. Whoa. The whole year. And I'm, I'm usually a twice a week guy. Twice a week. And where do you play typically? Angeles National is where my kind of oh. home course is. And I got friends at Oakmont. I got friends at Lakeside. I, uh, but um, Angeles is kind of, it's thinning out. I don't know. It's a hard course. It's nice. It's, it's just not playing like it used to. Yeah. Know. But you think it's the water situation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no water. I mean, the, 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 the fairways, we call them runways. <laughs> It's funny because, you know, we were out there and we can drive it, you know, 315. Then you go over to Oakmont and you're, you're like, oh, it's 265, 270. Yeah, right? now it's back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Angeles is this, uh, it's the only Jack Nicholas course in Southern California? I be, uh, in, in LA, I guess. In LA, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it's a nice track. It's oh. beautiful. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere. Simi middle of Valley. nowhere. Sunland. Sunland, yeah. It's not Simi Valley. It's Sunland, right. Right. A lot of uh, a lot of meth nearby. If, you know, if you want to stop off between holes and just get the energy to you know continue, you can always do that. If the car girl doesn't make her way around, you can always find a uh, you know toothless Absolutely. a toothless right. Su- sub. Right, and they keep they keep losing their um, their solar panels on the bathrooms because people sneak out there at night and grab them. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So the I remember the range is right by the main road. Right, and so you'd be on the range, and the main road is quite large. Um, and, and I'd be hitting balls and then you'd hear a, a large, a large, a loud truck drive by yes. and then someone would just yell like right. four. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was always funny because that, because actually Angeles was also where, um, when I first started playing golf, that was kind of, I would go there a lot because the range is beautiful. Range is great. Yeah. Um, I couldn't afford to play it at the time because it was a whopping $70. Right. Which was a lot. I mean, it still is a lot, but yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so uh, so who got you into golf though? I mean, is it was it one individual? Because um, you didn't grow up playing in New Jersey. No, no, I didn't. I really didn't take didn't start playing for real until ninety nine two thousand. Okay, I was on a series, and um, some guys on the crew played, and so I started. I, I, uh, what know, series? Uh, once and again. Okay, and. Um, so I took my first lesson and uh, kind of uh, totally confused me. But then I became, you know, the hook was sunk firmly into my cheek and I was definitely uh, uh, addicted. What, what was the moment? Did you, do you remember the moment that the hook was like, oh, this is incredibly enjoyable or, or interesting? I don't remember one moment, but um, I've, seen mo- I've seen those moments with other people. Really? Yeah, like I, I was... Um, uh, p- playing with a friend and he wasn't a golfer and he was just hacking it around and he, for some for no reason whatsoever he just nutted like a, a six iron and <laughs> his jaw dropped and he looked at me with these giant eyes just going I went oh man you're in trouble <laughs> that's it that's all it takes yeah yeah it really is all it takes well, why as, a, as an actor you understand um, the probably the, the the feelings around going on stage, the feelings around 
you know, being in the moment with another person, mm-hmm. right? Being someone else. Right. Well, what, how, does that does that inform any of your understanding of golf? There is a um, there's a meditative quality to playing golf in that you are uh, present in the here and now, and you can have conversations with your partners and whatnot. But really, that that four or five hours is very uh, restful for, for, you know, my brain. Um, and so there is a k- kind of a similarity between that and, you know, that, that connection that you have with acting where you're just tapping in and you're just present, you know. Do you find it exhausting or rejuvenating? Oh, definitely rejuvenating. Really? Even, even when I'm playing badly and, I'll, you know, I'll get cross, I, I never... I take it seriously, but not too seriously. I'm not the guy that throws clubs. I'm not, I'm not the guy that just ruins everybody else's day. <laughs> I'm not the guy that ruins my day. Even if I'm, even if my back hurts, even if, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing awful. I, um, uh, I insist on making it a good thing because it, because it is a good thing. Has it always been that way or did you need to like learn your I way? I threw into one club and it snapped in half. Oh. And I said, I am never going to do that again. What was the... Because that same thing happened to me. I threw a club and I didn't mean to break it. I just threw no, it and it no, broke and I was like embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. And the, people, you know, the guys around me got really quiet. I was like, oh, God's sakes. And then I played with a guy that was the world's most miserable, angry golfer. I think I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is just... I mean, he ruins everyone else's day. Yeah. When you make a great shot... Wait, is he an actor? Uh, no. Okay. When, when you make a great shot, he takes it personally. And, and, <laughs> and, and you know, like, if, if, even if I'm playing somebody for, you know, for some money, if they make, I'm pulling for them to make, their great, make, make the yeah. best shot they can. We, you know, we all do. But he was you know, rooting for me to screw up. So I, I, I stopped playing with him. I don't, have, I don't have time for that. Good for you. And how did you get out of that relationship? Did you just say you're busy or did you confront him? I just stopped. You just... <laughs> yeah yeah because i've had situations like that where it's like people are like let's play golf and i'm like i don't really enjoy playing with you i know yeah you're kind of an asshole yeah and that's not that's only a couple times really but and then, no it, indeed and um although if you were like i always say uh in the acting world you know people the reputation of actors out there i would say 95 percent of actors professional actors are just great yeah and they're there for you they're trying they're prepared they're professional i would not say 90 percent of golfers are pleasant to play with. <laughs> that's interesting yeah it's much lower well acting um your your main what is the main skill of an actor boy that's a um Everything else is technique, but the the one thing that that you work towards is uh, being absolutely present with someone and listening. Uh, it's one thing on the stage because you rehearse and you rehearse over and over again, and then you do it night after night after night after night, and so you really learn to kind of trust that and be present, but. When you're doing, you know, uh, a television show or whatever, and you go home and you prepare for the next day or the, or the day after that, 
you're imagining what the other actor's going to do. And so then you get there on the day and they're not doing that. Right. And so that's that little bumping into each other. And then, you know, all right, so you can do it like that. Then I'm, okay, then you discuss it if, you know. So it's, it's, it's a little harder um, in that because um, I'm just, I love rehearsal. It's my favorite part of, really? of, of, of acting is, is uh, doing, rehearsing a play. Like on stage wearing sweats. Yeah. You just, you're just digging deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're throwing things out that don't work. Where, is, where is, when you're doing a, a, a television show, you might not get the chance to throw out what, what's not working because they got to make their day and the crew wants to go home. And you're like, all right, but I really, you know, it depends on the project. There, sure. there are certain things that fly, like, you know, the HBO thing, we had time to delve into it and really, right. and we reshot scenes. You know that we didn't like so. But you, but on TV, there's there you can't be like, hey, can I just try to improvise here? They're like, uh, no. Try to what? Improvise? <laughs> yeah. Uh, depends on the writers. Some like when I did um, Desperate Housewives, Mark Cherry wanted word for word. Did that piss you off? No, it didn't piss me off. It's his right. It's his show. It's all good. And it was good writing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love Mark. Um, it, but. Um. 24 or even big little lies we were i mean you know david kelly wrote these scripts and we're and we're just improving changing you know i'm going all right if if david's cool with that i guess of all of the projects you've done that are on tv or film what what would you say is the one where you're like that is my best work um my best work (laughs) hey it's a big one well you know the difference between the project that you're most proud of. Ah, okay. Two answers. Yeah. Um, I had so much fun on, um, man in the high castle playing a, a Nazi shrink. That is a bizarre show. It was actually <laughs> scary to watch. Yeah. yeah. It's an amazing premise. Yeah. It's, it's Philip Dick. Philip you know? Dick. I mean, yeah. he's a genius. Yeah. So, and Rufus Sewell was just a blast and, yeah. and, 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 and Shayla, I got to work with those two and it was just great fun to kind of, Drop yourself into that bizarre, weird world. Yeah, um, and you could probably the 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 walls within how that character would behave were probably pretty far. Like you could probably travel very far within that character, right? Well, oddly, no, because uh, the 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 structure of the society was so stringent, was so so I could not misbehave. Ah, and in fact, there's a moment where she, I'm, I'm. Doing, I'm, I'm, I'm a therapist, and I'm, I'm counseling the Uber Gruppenführer's wife. <laughs> and there's a moment where she misbehaves, and I'm like, "Oh God, this is, this could go really, really bad." Yeah, you know. So that was fun. Um, Big Little Lies, I, I think, I still haven't has, seen this, and people have told me a thousand times to watch it. Yeah, it's awfully good. I never say this about things I'm in, but it's good. <laughs> 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 it's like uh, eleven Emmys good, you know. Yeah, I mean. It's got some. It's got some backup. And it's got some people in there that know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this past season, we had a different director, uh, Andrea Arnold. I love Jean Marc Vallée, who dire- directed the first one. Um, and so the second one, we got uh, the the uh, the women got. Uh, they wanted a woman to come in and direct the second season. So yeah. um, uh, she, uh, Andrea came in, who's just an amazing person to work with. Uh, and you know, I get to work with Laura Dern, and it was it's just. 
nothing wrong with it. Did you see uh, Andrea making a, a difference as far as, um, I don't know what they were looking for, right, with, with, with um, a change? Did you see any big difference? She, she, she works differently than Jean-Marc, and I love them both. I, I, I would work with Jean-Marc again in a heartbeat, but he's a force of nature. <laughs> he gets these eyes big as saucers, and he just drives and drives and drives and drives, and the crew is exhausted getting angry at him, and you know, oh. the actors. But it's, it's great. He, he, I have total respect for someone that demands your best. Right. You know? And Andrea goes about it in a little bit different way, that she creates an atmosphere where you can relax, and like, you know, she just play some music for 10 minutes before this, you, you start shooting the scene. Whoa. And you're just sitting there chilling, listening like to Like literally, music. everyone's on the clock, but they're taking a break? Yeah, there was a much... That, that on the clock thing was much, much more lax. Um, you know, she just put on like uh, Fleming Lips, Veil of Stars. You know, we just sit there and just listening. This was great, you know. And then she goes, all right, off you go. And Whoa. we just kind of just slide into it I mean that sounds very conducive to good performances yeah it's just it, you know when you're relaxed like that um, I agree when you're relaxed like that and you feel like you're trusted and you feel like you know you can trust the, pre- the people you're working with everybody the crew every, everybody was top of the line you know so it was uh, it's, a, it's, it's a, a situation where you can just chill and let yourself go so when you do you see any uh, similarities to how you approach golf as far as your uh, do you get in the mood or what do you what do you do? What I do you try. Um, yes, I fight the same thing that I get. I get kind of jacked up, <laughs> and um, I don't have the technique to uh, play hard because right. my swing can't take it i'll i will overswing and i'll come over the top and you know uh i always try to think of um i heard ernie else say uh when you're going to play that day start your day doing everything slowly oh eat breakfast slowly put your bag in the car slowly drive slowly to the golf course (laughs) when you're on the range do everything slowly and that and that's what i try to do but it's difficult because my my personality isn't like that <laughs> well and i mean la most places most most areas are not that slow but the world isn't slow no you know no. you wake up what's the first thing you do when you wake up get a cup of coffee before looking at the phone oh yeah you, oh, really? oh well, i have my i have my alarm on my phone okay but um i'll you know i don't know i don't i don't I mean, I, if if there's some banners on there and like you know some whatever, but I know I, I I'll I'll go make some coffee and then um something to eat maybe right chill and then yeah then I then I'm checking emails. And what stuff do you like make that. for breakfast? What do you like to eat? I don't really eat that much for breakfast. I might have a little bit of yogurt and dry dry fruit and uh, you know nuts. Um, no, I can't do the big breakfast thing. Really? No, my stomach doesn't like it. <laughs> I, eat like, I, I could eat like half a brick of bacon. Really? And just four eggs, yeah. Uh, uh, you're, you're more set up for the apocalypse, though. Am I? Yeah, you're ready to go. You're, you're like a squirrel. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Because I, I can live on nothing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're low caloric intake. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, I stopped drinking, so that, that, that reduced the caloric intake drastically. When, when did you stop drinking? Uh, this past year. Like, like quit, quit, like alcohol? Quit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I just decided it was enough, you know, enough was enough. I'm sober. Are you? Yeah. Great. Like Great. I quit when I was 20. I was like, I, wow. I look back on that time and I'm like, I must have been really insane. Yeah, that was, you know, I, I just didn't like the amount and it was an everyday thing. And I went, it's, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I would have a drink and wake up five days later in Vegas, but I didn't want it to, <laughs> I didn't want to get to that point. But you had, you had the means for that. I mean, you yeah. know, as a, as a successful yeah. actor, yeah. that would probably be pretty hard for me, I would think. Like, cause luckily when I was 20, I was just sort of, uh, I would, I would like find $5 and be freaking out. Right. Uh, right. and go get high, but now, now... Yeah, you know, now I can afford some very nice wine, but that's all right. I'm right. good. I have my share. <laughs> so you quit, and then what, what... So how has that affected life? I mean, are you comfortable talking about it? No, yeah, of course I am. Um, uh, I wake up more clear. I wake up, yeah. you know, I found myself... My brain's working better. Um, and I, like, I, you know, like I said, I wasn't drinking copious amounts it wasn't like that but i still found myself much more clear-headed and i feel better in the morning right does it affect golf because i mean golf for a lot of people is like a, a drinking habit a hobby, no, you know? I, i've never understood that i could never even when i was drinking i could never drink while playing golf it just ruined really? it just threw my swing off completely some people need it yeah when i was smoking weed the same thing like <laughs> people were doing that i'm going i can't play with this <laughs> You know, it just, I can't do it. So I do wish I could smoke weed because I would love, I feel like smoking weed and playing golf. I I probably would stop playing golf, but I would have a great day. I did it. I did it, uh, you know, a while ago. And then I don't know how how many years ago, um, you know, I I always thought I missed it. And so I, uh, a number of years ago, I tried it again and it's like, I don't like this. This is what I've been missing. Really? Right. Yeah. So. All right, everybody, got to read for you here. Sun Care, all right? These two guys were golfers, and they were like, you know what? Fuck the boutique fluff. And so they went out and made some Sun Care for men, and they called it something cool. They used a play on words. I don't even know. Is S-O-N-N-E? That's the name of the brand. Is that like French? Is that French or something? It's uh, Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher. So I just want to tell you guys about this. This is what I'm supposed to tell you, right? I'm reading this like I'm saying it. So I want to tell you guys about this awesome new product that I just started using. I literally wear it every time I'm on the golf course. That's actually true. I keep it in my golf bag. The product is actually, the form factor is pretty cool. Have you guys seen it? It's actually pretty chill. It's like, it looks like, um, kind of looks like you got, like, it looks like the bottle that holds the pills that I give Snowball, <laughs> you know? And it's just white and clean and you just go quick, 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 and you squirt the top and it's not going to like squirt out all over you, shite. Anyway, I wear it all the time. It's called Sun Men's Skin Care and it's the only thing I trust to protect my skin from the sun uh, other than umbrellas and or my house. Sun was started by guys who were sick of making the choice between drugstore men's care products and the expensive boutique shit. It's a doctor-developed skincare for men that is developed, developed, delivered straight to your door. Um, all right. What's great about it is that it's made in the USA. That's very true. And it's uh, sun care. Sun damage is the number one cause of aging skin. And I've yet to find a product that stands up to UV rays better than sun's enriched SPF. You know, the truth is I actually, Snowball's white, as you right know. And I've been giving, I put it on Snowball. And he looks great. He, he looks kind of like Michael Jackson. But his hair gets a little greasy. But, you know. The, <laughs> what color would he be if you shaved him down? <laughs> like pink. Snowball would be like pink and brown. Very sensitive. What's that? He would look like me. No, no, he has like Snowball. Come here. 
Come here, buddy. We're going to just do a little, we're going to do a little investigative journalism here. Get the sun care out. Let's see. All right, so if we look at his belly, if you look at his belly, it's like pink and brown. Hi, bud. Why are dogs' bellies bare? Everywhere else has got hair, whereas men, human men, we have hair on our bellies and no, well, I saw on my back, but, you know. Look at this little guy. How tender is he these days, Literally, right? Literally, he has zero skin showing. Yeah. The sun cannot <laughs> penetrate his Snowball. But you know what? Snowball really starts panting a lot in the sun. You know? He might need one of those little, like, one of those little fans with the mist in it. Anyway, go check out Sunscare. Don't get the wrinkles and redness, guys. Instead, use one of Suncare's uh, two products. They've got one in the morning and one at night. Instead of having 300 products like those other assholes. Why do you got to make it confusing, guys? And the great thing about Suncare is it goes straight to your door. That's not confusing, especially if you have a door. That's one of the main uh, barriers to entry for Suncare <laughs> is you have to have a door. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, go to suncare.com slash Eric, S-O-N-N-E-C-A-R-E.com slash E-R-I-K. Use my name at checkout and try Suncare for $15 off. My name is Eric with a K. All right, everybody. Later. You make coffee in the morning? Let me ask you one question about that coffee you make in the morning. Do you know when it was roasted? If you bought it at the grocery store, it's been stale for months. Sad news, I know. You go ahead and shed a tear. If you bought it at the local cafe, you've probably overpaid for it. Here's the deal. Bixby, B-I-X-B-Y, they cut out our favorite guy. No, our least favorite guy. They cut out the middleman. I mean, the truth is if you are the middleman, you're rock solid. But we don't, we, since we're not the middlemen, we actually want to get rid of them. We're the men on the outside or the women. Moving on, that wasn't supposed to take that long. They roast it the day you order it, and they ship it right from the roaster to your doorstep. Save on the price and save on the freshness. You get more freshness. More freshness, half the price. I don't know what the deal is. Anyway, I've been roasting the facility. I went to the roasting facility the other day, and my man Miles started this really cool company, and it's a high-quality outfit, that's for sure. Um, also, it's like it's like the vice balls of coffee that Jeff wrote that. That's pretty good. I do like that. Um, better coffee, better price, and always free shipping. That's actually a really cool part of it. You get the free shipping. Um, so there you go. Check out BixbyCoffee.com. That's B-I-X-B-Y.com. It's going to get delivered to your door. And, uh, you know, once you get the coffee, you'll be awake for it the next time it gets delivered because it's a subscription thing. You know, you get it regularly. You don't have to go to the store for it. So anyway, check it out, BixbyCoffee.com. All right, everybody, Precision Pro. Here's the thing about Precision Pro. They got started with a simple question. Quote, why can't anyone make a quality rangefinder at a reasonable price? I also have this question. That was four years ago, and now Precision Pro Golf makes the NX7 series rangefinder that's been named the best value rangefinder in 2018. That's a big thing. I don't by mygolfspy.com said that. My golf spy. Anyway, their rangefinders contain all the bells and whistles that golfers love without the bloated price that other companies charge. Because to be honest, nobody likes bloating, especially when it comes in your price tag. The NX7 Pro Slope Rangefinder is the number one selling rangefinder on Amazon.com right now. Is that true? Is it the number one? No one's in my house. Colt, Snowball, and Max are all in my house. Is it the number one? Check. Is Precision Pro really the number one selling rangefinder? I don't want to purport false claims. Colt's checking. Anyway, 
That's on sale for $218, and that's $30 off its normal price. Can you believe that? It offers slope-adjusted yardages, pulse vibration technology, which, as a human being, I love. I love pulse vibrations, good or bad. Uh, Two-year warranty. Dang, that's two years, man. That's a long time. That's longer than I've ever had a rangefinder. My last one was stolen, so if you have my rangefinder right now, it says Eric Lang on it. You're an asshole. Also, it comes with industry-leading precision care package that includes a free lifetime battery replacement service. A lot of script. I'm almost done, guys. Hang on. Any news, Colt? Still no news. We're waiting. For golfers, confidence is a wonderful thing. Doubt is not. Precision Pro understands that, and it's why their rangefinder is the perfect combo of performance and price. I love combos like that. Oh, my God. NX7 rangefinder is, well, look at all these reviews. Does what I wanted. Love it. Just what I was looking for. Price was right. From Lowell H. Danny B says, I like it. <laughs> We're reading real reviews. Five stars. 781 reviews. Dude, here's the deal. They sent it to me, but I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. We're going to see. We're going to see. Right now, the NX7 Pro is on sale for $30 off at precisionprogolf.com. Two-year warranty, 90-day money-back guarantee, lifetime battery replacement service. Lifetime battery replacement. Whoa, Cadillac Rangefinder with a VW price. I like it. That guy, I want to hang out with. Major Duffer. Let's get Major Duffer on the pod because I want to see this. But the battery replacement service is crazy. Seriously, lifetime battery replacement service. I'm just learning about this. Swing with confidence. Hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Guys, sounds like if you don't buy this, you're the idiot. Um, So anyway, ciao for now. Adidas Golf Shoes, y'all. My favorite pair, I'm going to go with Addy Pure. I like the Tour 360 Knit. Yeah, the Knit one. Check out what DJ's wearing and get into that, my guy. Nothing compares to a pair that I wear on the course every time I play. It's true, y'all. I don't miss not being able to wear any other golf shoe because contractually I can only wear Adidas at this point. But the truth is, I couldn't imagine a better situation. And you know what? A little behind the scenes, I went to Adidas and I was like, look, guys, let me not wear any other golf shoe ever. And they were like, yes, sir. And I was like, yes. And then my agent was like, this contract is signed. Anyway, now all I wear is Adidas and I couldn't be happier. Comfort and stability is hard to find in golf shoes, but Adidas delivers every time, quite literally every goddamn time. I've worn, I've had so many friends tell me how comfortable their golf shoes are, how uncomfortable their golf shoes are, and I always tell them, buy Adidas, Boost, and my guy. Get into the Boost, y'all, literally. It's very easy for me to talk about them because I actually like them. You can't beat Boost. It's so comfortable. So basically, Adidas golf shoes, and then there, what? There's basically Adidas golf shoes, and then there's every other brand. True facts. No comparison. Adidas golf shoes every time, my guy. You can buy a pair of your local retailer or visit adidas.com and go to the golf section. Because where else do you want to go on adidas.com? You only want to go to the golf section to buy golf shoes. Also, follow adidas.com. I'm sorry. Follow Adidas Golf on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook for all the latest news and releases. Oh, big update. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Uh, you have a nice watch on. Can you tell me the story behind the watch? This, here, you got to feel the weight of this it. Is, is it platinum? <laughs> now the odd thing about the weight of this watch it, I don't know how much it weighs but I bought it online 
because I had a Swiss Army watch and it broke. Right. And I contacted them and they said, well, we'll give you 50% off of any of our lines. So I chose this one off my computer. And when I sent it to him, I was like, dear God, this thing weighs 50 pounds. <laughs> but now when I play golf, I have to wear it. it oh. It's like an anchoring thing yeah. for my left hand. I love that. <laughs> it's got the, uh, it's got the, um, yeah, what do they call it when you can see through the back of it? Yeah. Display. Self-winding thing. That, yeah. Yeah. This is great. This is this is no joke. But then once the thing is, once you, this is a uh, Victorinox? Yeah. And then, so once you uh, get used to the weight, though. I, I mean, I, if I forget my watch and I'm, and I'm getting ready to play, I go, oh, no. <laughs> you got to go home. Because well, my, my left hand feels too light. And right. I really do. I get used to this. And, I, and, I, and the, the weight of this really kind of helps me drop it into the slot there, you know? I don't own a watch, but I'm... Very excited to get well, my when first you, watch. When you grow up, you, sh- you, should, you should definitely <laughs> get a watch. All I'm the, looking into it. All the, all the big kids wear watches. I've been noticing this. Yeah. A lo- every guest on the podcast has a great fucking watch. I, I see uh, you got Joe, Joe Montaigne up there. Yeah, he, he's going to be in December. He's a great guy. I haven't met him. Oh, he's fantastic. What I really like about this for me is I love talking about golf. And I like talking about everything Aside from golf as well, like, I mean, you know, I don't know what you were expecting coming in here, but, you know, this is, um, yeah, 60, 70% golf. And then we talk about other things. It's, it's right. almost like we're playing golf. Right. But right. there's better mics. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We can hear each other much better. <laughs> yeah. And there's no, there's no interruption. Um, you're right. And we, we don't have to wait. Um, but uh, my game is so bad right now. It's really? just so unbelievably bad. What are you gonna do? I mean, you have you're on a break right now. Everyone's on a break. Well, I'm I'm off to Toronto, and then I'm and then I'm I'm going back and forth to Chicago until February. Um, That's gonna be tough. Yeah, um, you know, I do have time when I'm home. Um, it's it's uh, when I do play now. It I just go oh god, and I get very despondent and just kind of go, <laughs> why even bother to try? Yeah. Um, I, I think I need to, I think I need to break the swing down. I think I need to get lessons and kind of ch- make an, make an overhaul. When was the, so you started playing golf 20 years ago. When was the last time you had a lesson or maybe more than 20 you said? No, I thought you said late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when was the last time you had a lesson? Um, it's been like 10 years. Whoa. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've taken tips from people that, you know, but this is a swing that I kind of dug out of the dirt, you know? Right. And there's a there's a lag to it, and yeah. so when my timing is on, it works great. You know, I I shot a seventy three with this swing. That's a good swing. Uh, but then I don't play, and I come back, and I shoot a ninety three. I mean, yeah. it, the the gap is really that big. I'm the same. It's yeah. hot and cold. Yeah, and uh, the seventy three, the seventy three. Tell us about the seventy three. We all want to know because we want to live. I've in never, your glory. I've, ne- I've never shot even par, and this is a par seventy two par seventy two course. And oh no, did you bogey 18? I'm on the green in regulation on, eight, on 18. <laughs> no, now this is at this is at a municipal course. This Which is one? at uh, Hanson Dam. Oh, I love that course. So, yeah, it's a fun, yeah. it's a fun track. You, you know, it's easier to score there than than Angeles. It's, it's wide open, yeah. I the the round the 70 the 75 I shot in Angeles was the best round I've ever Whoa. had, better than the 73 I mean, at, at Hanson. For those of you who haven't played around here, Angeles is like target golf. I mean, it is like if you miss the fairway by ten yards, you're done. Yeah, but it's also a place where you, uh, you know, as Nick Faldo says, aggressive swings towards conservative targets. Yeah, 
you know where to miss, you know where to aim. And the more you play it, the more comfortable you are. You know, I, yeah. I guess that's true with all things. But on this seventy three, I was on the green in regulation on 18. Now, if you know the 18th green, it's yeah. at about a 45 degree angle. It's an illegal green, basically. Right, right. And they, they, they put the pin like halfway up this slope. And I'm literally 15 feet away to two putt to shoot even par. And I hit it, good putt, and it goes up, misses on the left, over the hole, about six inches, turns, no. and comes all the way back down past me. And No. Yeah. So my friend said, we'll just take a two-putt. I said, I can't, I can't just give myself a two-putt for my first time shooting even. You're right. But this was, a, this was a stupid green. And so I three-jacked oh. it and shot at 73. Oh, what a grind. <laughs> It's just what awful. A fucking grind. <laughs> it's just, it's just terrible. Way, both, you know, in heaven, on that moment, in heaven, golf god and golf devil literally winked at each other. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, speaking of God, there's a great novel by Roland Marullo called Golfing with God. It's really? It's a great book. Oh, go- I'll write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Golfing it's, with it's, God. It's a, 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 a former club pro dies and goes to heaven and turns out that... Um, God has the yips with his putts, and uh, he, he needs a lesson. And it's it's just a fun, fun read. It's Golfing great. with God is I'm looking for it on Amazon. Roland Marulo. There who, it is. Who, no, also, a novel of heaven and earth. He also wrote uh, Breakfast with Buddha, which is a great one. Oh, um, but his first round in heaven is with um, uh, Moses, Jesus, and Mary. <laughs> Hilarious! It's great. Oh, I can't wait to read this one. Add to cart. I got the hardcover. It's in the cart. Oh, nice. Phone isn't working. But anyway, I'll get that. Um, do you see, you, you're talking about an author here who's got connections to Eastern wisdom. Do you see a connection between meditation and Buddhism and golf and things? Oh, it's, golf is, is as Zen a sport as you can come. Because, you know, pick a sport. Baseball. You know, they say, well, you know, if you succeed one out of three times, I'm like, well, but the ball, the ball's moving. The, the crazy thing about golf is that the ball is sitting there. <laughs> it's not moving. And there's nobody running at you. Take all the time you need. Take a few practice swings. It's all good. When you're ready, go. And it's still <laughs> that frustrating. Yeah. You know, it, it, every other sport has a clock. You know, I guess baseball doesn't. But, I mean... Uh, it's just, that's the maddening part about it, is that it, the ball's just sitting there. And sometimes it's even on a tee. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you put it in the perfect place. Yeah, exactly. That is really crazy. Yeah. What, um, do you have any experience in your life with meditation? Yes, I meditate. Tell me about that. Um, uh, that came from, uh, you know, quitting drinking and just kind of uh, turning that around. I just, I just uh, wanted to be more present. Right. You know. That probably helps, uh, you know... Your business, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Well, it just makes you a happier person. Yeah. So, what t- what type of meditation did you decide to undertake? Um, nothing specific. I uh, uh, there's a church I go to out in Pasadena, All Saints, and they have a meditation like twice tw- twice a week in the evenings. I'll go there, and then I'll awesome. you know yeah, it's great, it's great, and it's non non denominational non denominational is, is that the word? Yeah. So you know, all kinds of people go there Buddhists and all kinds of things and so. you get to hang out and like meet other people who are interested in it no just uh, it's like a, it's like a, it's a little over an hour and you like meditate for 30 minutes sitting in silence and then 
we get up just to kind of get the body moving. It's staying in meditation. We kind of walk around the the, the sanctuary and then sit back down and do 30 minutes more. Have right. you ever read Zen Golf? Is that uh, Joe Parent? Yeah. Yeah. He, it's a great book. I, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. He, um, he, he gave me one of the most amazing uh, lessons. I was at the, uh, the Craft Nabisco with the women out, out in the desert, and he was there. And um, he came to the range when I was warming up. And after I'd gotten loose, he goes, all right, the first, first hole, it's par four, right? And I'm picturing it going, yeah. He goes, all right, all right, let's start. So I teed it up. And I hit a, not a great drive. He went, all right, so you're probably what, like buck 80 out? I went, yeah, all right, so hit your 180 club. And I hit it pretty well. And he went, okay, par in the first hole, second hole, it's par five. And I played the first six holes with him behind me. And like sometimes I was like way out and I had to take a wedge and get back on the fairway. I really played it. And he said, okay, you're already six holes into your round, and now you can go start. Isn't that great? That is so trippy. It's so great. Try it sometime. It's pretty yeah. great, especially if you know the course. Yeah. Like if I go to a course that I know very, very well, um, and I, have, I got back issues, I can't spend a long time on the range before I play. I only got so many swings in me. Right. So uh, I will play probably two, three holes, you know. So did you, and then did you pick up, is that where you heard about Zen Golf, or did you already know about it? Uh, no, I, I, I learned about it by meeting Joe. And then did you pick it up afterwards? Or yeah, no? yeah. 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 It's a pretty amazing book, right? It's a great book. And he's, he's just, he's, uh, he's all that. He's right. great. And, uh, the one on putting too. Yeah. I love, I love the part where he says, uh, that, uh, he describes what Nicholas said where every swing you prepare completely and you don't go until you're ready. And when you're ready, you commit 100%. And if it doesn't go well, you don't have anything to worry about because you did everything possible to make that swing work. If you don't prepare and you're not ready to swing and you don't commit and you screw up, that's when the frustration comes in. But it's like, if I make a bad, if, if I make a bad shot and I've committed completely and I've done everything I po possibly can and it doesn't go well, that's... That's that's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, dude, that got me really excited to go play golf. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, because like, like that, that for me is the trick. Yeah, is that yeah. game, the yeah. game of fully committing, fully, of committing. fully uh, delivering everything you have, and one hundred percent accepting yeah. the outcome. Whatever, yeah, whatever and if I can go about my day like that, yeah, if I can go go about my life like that, you know, uh, then. It's the same thing. If things don't go well, I did everything I possibly could to make this work. Right. Do you, uh, do you have any supreme uh, golf memories that kind of stick out to you as, as highlights of your golfing life? I've never had an ace. I've come so close. I've come so close. What, what, is, the <laughs> what is the closest? <laughs> uh, the closest was out at Rustic Canyon. Uh Mind if I interrupt for one second? No, keep going. Great track. What? Great... What's your, what's your... I have had one hole in one, and it was there. It was there, <laughs> not six. It was on six. Oh my god! What did I you... have the flag in my garage right above us. What did you hit? What I did... had a four iron. Yeah, and it just 
I don't know. It this hole, depending on the wind, can play between 180 and 240, depend, yeah. depending on the wind. And it's it's uh, it's across all kinds of junk. Yeah, it's the, a full carry. The The green is favorable to land on because it slopes down. Yeah. But you have to make a shot. Where, where was the pin? Back left? Back left. So did you hit the slope and it came down? the? Yeah. I was drawing up the right side of the green, and it was an okay shot. I mean, I didn't hit it very well. It was a, a groove and a half low. I would been playing golf for a year and a half. Wow. So I had no swing. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I was just a moron out there, you know? And uh, I was, my buddy was like, let's go play Rustic Canyon. And I was like, okay. And he didn't show up. So I was with these oh. other people that didn't, I didn't know. Right. And you then, aced it. And he, I make an ace on six. He shows up on eight. <laughs> which, is, which is the one that I, that, that I came closest on. The, the shorty. Uh, yeah, the short one. 100 yards. And uh, when I got there... My my ball mark was three inches above the hole, oh. and my ball ended up three inches below the hole. So somehow it backed up and missed the hole. But no. But how do you miss it if it's this close? Yeah, was the hole if it's, filled with sand? It's like this. I mean, it landed there and somehow went around the hole to end up here. It must have hit the flag. I don't remember hitting the flag. I didn't hear anything. I thought it was in, and then I, uh, and you hit, and you, and you aced a two hundred and, <laughs> and it just, it, I think it hit the front edge of the green and just rolled for forty yards. Yeah. Um, if if you're wondering what all these noises are, we're getting fiber internet right now. So there's a guy wow. drilling into the side of the house. With I thought a, it was very large termites. It was, <laughs> and uh, Max is getting antsy. The dog, Max is he needs his toenails clipped. Apparently, yeah, he's prancing, he's tap dancing, tap dancing. For us. Yeah, snowball, snowball standing underneath the table. Um, and uh, so so you get to play in a lot of these proams. I do. What is are, what is that like? That's great fun. It's great fun. Once you know. Because you play with people that pay to be there, so you really you really want to um, be generous with your time, be generous with like you know you know, telling stories that that, right. that, that they want to hear. That's nice. I feel like a lot of people would probably go into it and be like, "Leave me alone." People do, and it's it's. Uh, but like I said, they're there to. Once in a while, you get you, you get a team that really wants to win, and you go, <laughs> "Oh no." <laughs> Because it's so serious and they're getting angry and like, but most of the time it's just a great day to spend with men and women just kind of out there, you know, having a good time, talking talking trash. Um, But I get to play some, you know, some, uh, some great core. I played in the, in the Bob Hope back in 2000 when that, when that was still going. I. Which courses did you play? uh, uh, Ended on Palmer Private, uh, Indian Wells. Nicholas, there's some great. Golf I did out there. it. I did it the year after Duval shot the 59 to win. Whoa! And my partner on the on day one was Duval. <laughs> what? So, and I really wasn't a good golfer at that point. This is the early 2000s. Yeah, I, I want to say 2000. And there were probably seven thousand people surrounding me on the first tee oh yeah and my hands were shaking so bad and it was about it's about 240 to the to the water straight ahead with a slight dog leg left with a giant tree oh, on God. the on the left side and 
I was warming up, and this caddy that I had just met five minutes before, and I was warming up, and I, I could not hit my three iron to save my life. Couldn't oh. hit it. And I said to him, I've, I'm more confident with the driver. And he grabbed the driver out of the bag, looked me in the eye, and said, do it. And so I get there with my hands shaking, and I somehow drop it into the slot. I crush this thing with a draw. It goes around the tree, and I'm like, you know, 100 yards out. And the crowd's kind of going, I turn to him, I go, I have no idea how I did that. <laughs> does, does that, I mean, because do you get nervous on stage? Yes. But you, you know, they say when you stop being nervous, you should retire. Because it, it well, because it, it, it's not meaning anything. It, there's no, nothing at stake. But nerves are good when you know how to use them. Right. Uh, an inexperienced actor that hasn't been around very long it becomes a victim to those nerves. And I'm I'm off stage, and I'm feeling that 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 those butterflies. But those are good butterflies, and I know what to do with them. And I channel them right it, right into it, and it feels good. Um, I did not know how to handle those nerves on on that tee shot. But right. Yeah, I had. I mean, I was, well, it's very different, right? The nerves oh, in golf are your your your. Um, it's it's so it's like snake charming. I mean, I mean, you have all these nerves, and then you're expected to make a free move. Yeah, and I don't do this for a living. I'm not a professional. <laughs> I always say, thank God, I don't do this for a living because. Yeah. You know, people say, like, imagine the pressure that, that, you know, that Rory had with that 15 foot. I know. I said, no, no. Yeah. The pressure is some guy on a mini tour. He's 38 years old. He's got two kids. His wife is going, how much longer are you going to do this? And he's got a 20 foot put, putt to pay for grocery for the week. Right. I was like, that's pressure. Right. That, that's pressure. That is a lot of pressure. I yeah. mean, because that's, and not only is that pressure, but that's, uh, <clears throat> that's pressure with potentially a, uh, like a negative mindset, right? Oh, I mean, man. I, I played with, um, is it Nathan Green? Um, I don't know, actor? Player, no, 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 uh, no. He was, he was a pro. Nathan Green. I think that's his name. Can look it up? Yeah. I don't know. But I played with him at the BMW. Okay. Out, at, out in South Carolina we, on the, uh, the web.com. Nathan Green. I think it is. I'll look it up. Australian. I, uh, my, my golf uh, encyclopedia only goes back to uh, 2010 because that's when I started playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was probably this was probably because he he was on the tour and he had some wins, and now this now he's on the web.com tour. So the web.com you got you got young guys that are coming up. I played with uh, Sung Kang who uh, oh cool yeah he he did, he turned out did really well but the, uh, he hadn't made the show yet when I played with him and Nathan was on his way down. And, right. and was, I don't want to badmouth the guy, but he was very bitter. He was very, he was. I mean, he, rightfully so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And he said to me, he said, I'm, I'm done. Right. I just want to go back to Australia and play with my mates and just, you know, this grinding it out and trying to, trying to get back on the, on the tour. It just wore him out. Yeah. It just wore him out. Well, golf is that weird thing, right? Where you, uh, the more you want it, the further away it gets. It's that Zen thing. What is that? Because you wanted a career in acting. You wanted it bad. Yeah. I'm assuming you worked hard at it. Yeah. How the fuck do you do? There's got to be some relation there because when you want, when you want acting really bad and you show up for an audition, they can probably smell that. Yep. Yep. The desperation. And uh, that's very, when things, like I went through a, uh, about a five year stretch 
uh, where things were things were tense, you know, financially and everything. And um, it it's very difficult to keep that desperation out when you walk into a room <laughs> when you really really need the job. Yeah, it's very difficult. I had twins in college. Whoa, I, you know, it was, it was that kind of thing. It was like, you know, uh, and then how do you do it? How the fuck do you do that? You just you just prepare and commit. Well, and, I feel like I heard you say that about something else. Yeah, recently. and and you know, one day something just went my way, which led to something else, which led to something else, led to something else, you know, and now it's you know, been a great run. But people say, you know, how did you get out of it? I was like, well, I just did what I always do, you know. Um, I also got sober. <laughs> <laughs> that does... So there's but that. I, but I would think on some level being, being sober would really affect uh, confidence level, right? Because, I mean, because alcohol is so great for... Hey, I'm the big shot. Nice to meet you. Yeah, but that didn't work. That didn't work. It, you know, that kind of false confidence is based on something that... Um, I, I work with guys that are, are stoned. And I can usually tell because uh, they, they feel lubricated and they feel like they're being creative and they feel like they're kind of tapping into... When in reality... Your best work is when you're completely stone sober. Wow. It's that, that whole thing about being lubricated and feel because it feels better, but the work isn't as good. Right. It's not. It is not. I promise everybody out there, it's not. Your best work is when you are trained, you're a professional, you're prepared, and you commit, and your brain and your mind is, I mean, your, your brain is clear. You know? Yeah. Because that's when all this. The, all the skill, all that feeling good, don't, I, I just don't trust it. Well, when you look at, if the, if the main goal, right, is to basically get into that present moment. Yeah. If the main goal is to be there and be, um, you know, what's the word, like, like immediately responsive to whatever's happening, listening, like you were saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't think drinking makes a great listener. No. No, it feels like you are, and if you know, and, and and weed. I mean, that feels like oh, I'm tapping into all this kind of creativity. It's like no, it's bullshit. It really, I promise you, right? Right. <laughs> I promise you, it just feels good, but it ain't good. It feels know? really good. <laughs> I remember the first time I smoked weed. I was sixteen. And, hey, come on. Hey, you're what chewing you? up my desk. <laughs> literally, so, this little Snow White dog just ate half a desk. Yeah, he's like, it's in. It's in. It's. It's. Look at that. There's, there's bits of wood coming out of his mouth. Look, seriously. That is unbelievable. <laughs> well, Max, maybe he's hungry. You're a brute, Max. <laughs> um, I'm just going to hold him in my lap for the rest. Um, but, you know, it's like, I remember the first time I smoked weed, I was like, this is heaven. This is the only thing I need for the rest of my life. Well, you know what they say, there's, there's no high like the first one. Oh, that is it. That is and then you, it. and then you, you, you know, you, you, you spend the rest of the time chasing that that same one, and it never, it never shows up again. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, having a dog in my lap is fucking up my vibe. It's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's a little distracting. <laughs> Max, he's got. <laughs> Max, say hi, Max. Jeffrey's uh, is, is egg, egging him on. Ears perked up. <laughs> <laughs> If you could imagine a puppy hearing that noise. Hi. No, I don't want to kiss you right now, but I appreciate it. Do you have any animals? Any dogs? 
two dogs. We lost we lost our Labrador a year ago. Oh, sorry. Our hundred pound black lab named Satchel. Satchel. Oh man, he was all love and right. just just as big a presence as you can imagine. He was just all dog. Yeah. And he was great. Got a great dog. And then he just got he got old and he got cancer in his head. Whoa. Which was awful. It was. How did that affect him? It it. it the tumor started growing and his eye started bulging out. It was, Ooh. yeah. So we... You had to put him down. Well, yeah, yeah, because he was in so much pain. We waited, and, I, and I, we had a chocolate lab before before him named Onslow, our beautiful girl. She raised she raised our daughters. Um, and she got cancer uh, in liver, and she just wasted, and we waited too long. Yeah. We waited way too long. She was just a spider at the end. It was awful. So I said to myself, I'm not going to do this with Satchel. I'm not going to do this. And, you know, for about five days straight, he would just suddenly wince in horrible pain. I went, we, we got to do this. Yeah. I got to help him out here. Yeah. So now we got a little scruffy dog like this, not quite as white, named Molly. Yeah. And we have an Italian greyhound named Tessa. Who is deaf and blind. And but, but good looking. But oh, is she gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> fully blind? Not fully, but like... Pretty damn blind. And pretty deaf, too. <laughs> Dude, that... Um, I don't know. Are you into documentaries at all? Yeah. So Werner Herzog made a documentary called... Um, oh, what the fuck was it called? In the, I can't remember what it was called right now, but it was about... Um, a, a society of people in, I think, Germany who were deaf and blind. Wow. Yeah, and so they would communicate using taps on the hand. Like three taps was an A. I don't even know how they taught them the language. And and in the uh, movie, one of the things they do for fun is they went to a uh, they went to a cactus farm to touch the cactuses. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So there's like a teacher, you know, guiding their hands over this incredible sensation, right? Right. And it was, I think it was like the land of silence and darkness. That's what it's okay. called. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll Old school doc. You know, yeah. we, this was when they were shooting film. Well, Herzog. I mean, yeah. You I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I've been on a, uh, uh, I watched the, um, oh, who directed it? Joan of Arc. You know, the, 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 right. the, the first one, the really, the black and white with heart, with no, no, no dialogue. Right. And her performance, Isabella, I forgot her name. Oh my God. I won't Amazing. know. I haven't seen it. Oh, you—it's—it's it's remarkable. The first Joan of Arc. Yeah, you know, all right. You know, it's in black and white, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's the stuff he was doing. People are copying still today, and this is an early, early, early film. Right. Um, it's brilliant. And then I saw. Um, speaking of documentaries, uh, I saw Nick Cave when he came to town. Oh, that's a great film. The the thirteen thousand days or something. No, this is a different one. This, oh. this is uh, uh, one more time with feeling. Oh. And. He and his wife had uh, twins. Okay. And halfway through shooting this documentary about the creative process, one of his twins died at 15. And it's the most incredible documentary of grief. And uh, he's, he's very open about talking about it. And it's stunning. It's stunning. Uh, one more time with feeling is a is a lyric from one of his songs, and if you if you've never seen Nick Cave in concert, it's a religious experience. Sure. 
Um, yeah, he puts everything into it. Oh my God! It's it's this. He, I call him the, the 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 alchemist or a conjurer. Right. There's stuff going on up there that, and then he uh, interacts so much with the audience. He's he's down there with them, and oh, it's amazing. And so, you know, his his son just never done drugs. He and his friend got some LSD one uh, one day. Just wanted to try it, and he fell off a cliff. Oh no! Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. And so this film uh, covers all of that, and it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Wow! I mean, that must be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how you would make a film about that, much less. Well, they found it. they found they they found themselves making a film about that because, you know, like I said, it happened while while they were filming it. So it's. Uh, He's an amazing, he's an amazing artist. I'll look into that. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of his music, but I saw the movie that he did uh, right. about two thousand days, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And that was that blew me away. Yeah. Um, you need to look into his music more because he's he's right. extraordinary. I'll circle back. He's extraordinary. Um, I got a playlist. I'll give you. I'd love that. There you go. We'll link to it if it's public. We can put it on the thing. There you go. Um, Jeffrey, I feel like we could talk forever. I'll be totally honest, but I think we should probably try to. I think Max needs to bite more table. <laughs> He's ready to eat your knee. Is there anything you want to tell people to do? You want to tell me? <laughs> you know, this is your this is your PSA right now. Well, here. I'll tell you to watch Big Little Lies. So watch that because the second uh, the second season is going to come out in March, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So I get caught up on season one. Yes. My brother watched it. He uh, he's a conductor, so he flies all over the world. He saw it in one sitting. Oh my god! Flying from Indonesia. Is it, how many eps is it? Is it six? Seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I I do look forward to things. It is in this day and age, there are so many series. Yep. That so many good ones. So many good ones. Someone will say, "Watch this, watch that," and I'm like, "Oh yeah," because I have, you know, thirty hours free. Right. Exactly. To yeah. get to to invest yeah. in this series, which is great. Well, I, I plowed through all six seasons of The Americans, which is a great ride. That's a good show. Um, the, one I'm, the, the ones I'm telling people to, uh, to watch now are obviously um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is okay. so spectacular. I everything, into this. everything about it is good. Guys, if you're listening and you haven't pulled over to take notes on what Jeffrey's saying, do it, take a chance now. Or, there you know, you we can put links. We'll, we'll describe all this stuff in the thing. There you go. There and you then go. you and, don't need to and, worry about um, it. And um, uh, what's the one with Pamela Adlin? Uh, I don't even know who that is. Better Days. Amazing. On Amazon. She's phenomenal. It's okay. Great. She's got three, ra- raising three daughters by herself, and it's great. When you watch these series, is it work for you? Are you, are you, do you think of it that way? Um, there's always that. I, there's always, you can't turn it off. Right. Um, there's a great story about Monet. Because like if I'm experiencing in my life, if I'm experiencing grief and I find myself crying, there's a part of me going, okay, good. Okay, now tweak it here. Here you go. Oh my goodness. Which is kind of awful. Wait, in real life? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You can't turn it off. So Monet, his wife of how many, very, very old at that point, and his wife was dying. Right. And he describes it as looking at this woman that, that he's lived with for all these years and all he could see was the amazing reflection of green and blue on the inside of the bridge of her nose Whoa. which is what he saw he saw colors he just saw colors and that's what impressionism is 
and he couldn't turn it off. So there's that same thing is that, you, you, you know, if I'm watching, there's always a part of me that's observing and taking notes kind of mentally. But when a thing is really good, I can lose myself in it. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, your instrument is the, a feeling. Well, there are certain characters, there are certain actors where you can see the technique showing. There are certain, you know, you kind of go, all right, it's, it's, it, it's a really uh, effective performance, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing your slip showing underneath the, the dress. I can, right. see, I can see the work going on. And then you've got people like Meryl Streep that just all you see is the character. Whoa. She completely disappears and all you see, so you're lost in the story. And I don't see, you know, yeah, so we got to, she got, she joined, she joined us on, on, the, on this last season of Big Little Lies. Major. Yeah. She kept calling me, asking me questions. I'm like, girl, work it out for yourself. God's sake, it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Meryl, come on. She wanted advice. Oh, yeah. It's Send, sending annoying. You, sending you tapes. What do I do? What do I do? I'm like, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Does it look like I'm really listening? <laughs> I tell you, watching watching her work is uh, it was a treat. That's awesome. When, when you um, uh, oh, what the fuck was I gonna say? You uh, oh yeah. So I'm I'm really into Band of Brothers. I don't know if you've seen it. Eric Jenderson wrote it. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I worked with him. Yeah, incredible. Um, and, and I, and I've been, uh, I've seen it many, many times, like maybe even seven, eight, nine wow. times. I love it. And, um, so now, I mean, it's actually like, like instead of, instead of it, like, if you weren't in Big Little Lies telling me to watch it, someone would be like, watch Big Little Lies. And I'd be like, why? I could just watch Band of Brothers again. Cause I just feel like I still have more to learn from this show. Well, you, you can always watch it again. No one's stopping you. That's true. Um, but you know, um, there's many other things out, out there to watch, like like Mrs. Maisel, like there you go, like uh, uh, um, what did I say? I don't know, but you, you said it. We're gonna write it all down. Okay, I'll, it'll be in the description. Better things, better things. So, but but you know, obviously, us along with Band of Brothers is the Pacific. Now, I have a friend who's in the Pacific, and I don't want to watch it for that reason. Do you know what I'm saying? So like so like if you're friends with Meryl Streep, can you then not watch her stuff because you know her? No. Or if you're friends, so now that I'm friends with this guy who's in the Pacific. You're, just, like, you're just not a good friend. That's your problem. <laughs> you got to be nicer to your friend and watch his work. I'm terrified to see it, though, because I don't want it to. I, yeah, I guess it is kind of selfish. Shut up. Shut up and watch it. <laughs> selfish bastard. <laughs> He's not a good friend. It's an acquaintance. Oh, but, now yeah. it comes. Yeah, right. Okay, All right. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. He's an old friend. So, really what it is. He's but, a friend that I used to be really good friends with. But by that logic, the closer the friend, the less you want to watch something. That's what I'm saying is that's, because it might ruin the experience of watching it because you know them. You just, you're just chicken. I am, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to go watch the Pacific and Big Little Lies. <laughs> and Big Little Lies. Yeah. I expect Do you think Big Little report? Lies is going to be ruined for me now? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah. Any, any. So we'll take. We got. Everyone's got the info. Anything else? Uh, slow the swing down, <laughs> Ernie. Else, slow it down. 
That was a really good tip. Just I like the slow day. Allow it to happen. Yeah. And I, I say it to myself, but I still swing too hard. It's, it's from my baseball days, you know. You yeah. just, you just mm. get in there. You want to put effort into it. Yeah, you want to hit it over the fence. That's antithetical to the golf swing. Yeah. That's why non-athletes can play golf. Because it's an unnatural thing to do. Right. It, it's so counterintuitive. And so complete non-athletes can play golf very well, yeah. you know? It's actually, you're actually benefited by being weak. <laughs> yeah, let the club do the work, all of that. Now, yeah. of course, once you get to a certain level, then the athleticism kicks in. But yeah, I, I, I got to play. I haven't played in so long. Well, let's go play sometime. Okay. Um, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, you now have a long to-do list. You do. So the yeah. Eric Andrews Lang Show is going to take a break so that you can catch up on all of the homework that Jeffrey's given us. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll, <laughs> I'll give you the uh, I'll give the Nick Cave playlist and uh, yes, and and watch that documentary. I'm excited to. One more time with feeling. One more time with feeling. That I'll get a. That doesn't seem like it's a date movie. No. It's kind of like just want to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, thank you again. Thanks, brother. Mm-hmm.